Hello and welcome back to this podcast series where we think about some of the fundamental concepts that we come across in pharmacy. What we're going to do this time is talk about unlicensed medicines. What's the difference between a licensed medicine and an unlicensed medicine? Why do we care as pharmacy and what do we need to do? First off, I need to clarify that this is a summary and simplification of things. So if you want to become the uber nerd of unlicensed medicines or work in QC, these might be the same thing you might want to do some wider reading. But if you want a passable knowledge of things so you can explain to a patient or doctor what the difference is and why they shouldn't be worried, or why different things are on different shelves in your dispensary, this podcast's for you. Let's get started. So to talk about unlicensed medicines, we probably need to talk about licensed medicines first, because unlicensed medicines are defined by what they aren't. So what aren't they? So in the UK... If a manufacturer wants to market, i.e. promote, a medicine, the medicine needs to have a licence. The bit of this that we normally see in clinical practice is that they need to have done clinical trials to show that it works well enough for a particular condition without killing too many people. This is the indication in the SPC. So Zopiclone can be used short term at 7.5mg at night for insomnia in adults or whatever. However, for the medicine to get a licence, the manufacturer also has to demonstrate that they can produce the medicine to a suitable quality as well. The licence therefore covers three things. For this indication, does it work well enough? For this indication, is it safe enough? And is it made well enough? To get the licence, the company therefore have to jump through a load of important hoops. They have to show their product works and is safe in clinical trials and they have to assure the regulators that they are making the stuff to a suitable quality. This costs lots of money, but it's worth it for the manufacturer, as it means they can promote the medicine and make loads of cash in return. This is all well and good, and works well for most medicines, but there's cases where it falls down a bit. So when is this? As I said, getting a licence for a medicine is really expensive, so you ideally need a really big market to sell your shiny licence medicine to, to make your money back. But there are scenarios where this isn't possible. Pediatric medicine is a case in point. If not many kids get sick from your target disease, you aren't going to get your money back from the licensing process. For this reason, lots of medicines don't have a license for paediatric use. Or you might have a condition that's so rare that it's not even worth getting a license for adults either. This then creates a range of scenarios that it would be helpful to have some vocabulary for. So we have a licensed medicine used for a licensed indication, and we can call this a licensed use. We have a licensed medicine used for a different condition or in a different population, which is an off-label use, which is an American term saying you're not using it in line with the label of the product. Or you have a completely unlicensed medicine, which we'll call an unlicensed medicine. So why is defining these three tiers of licensedness useful to us? The important thing to think about is how you get a license. So with a licensed medicine used in a licensed way, you can rely on the fact that it's licensed to assure yourself that it's effective, safe and of suitable quality. Your work is done and you can confidently give it to a patient. With an off-label use, you've lost the information on it being effective or safe, but you're still assured of its quality. With a wholly unlicensed medicine, you've lost all the information on all three factors, and this means that you need to replace this assurance that you would have got from the fact that it's licensed. And this is reflected in the regulations and rules that we have in the UK. So the legislation and rules in the UK have been put in place to protect patients and make sure that any additional risk isn't added into their care unnecessarily. 
MHRA Guidance Note 14 helpfully summarises all of this, and you can find it on the internet if you want to be a nerd and have a read through. And it can itself be summarised further. There's a hierarchy of risk, with the licensed use of a licensed medicine being the least risky, then an off-label use, then an unlicensed medicine. So use a licensed medicine wherever possible, and only go up the risk hierarchy if the less risky option isn't suitable. And less suitable should only be based on the clinical need of the patient, not cost or convenience. Which is all rather simple. Licensed stuff used first, unlicensed stuff used last. Don't go adding risk into the system just because something is cheaper or easier. But life can't be that simple, so there's other stuff too, stemming from the fact that legislation tends to lag behind the real world by several decades. The first is that the person ultimately responsible for the quality of a product is the prescriber rather than the pharmacist. This means that under legislation, the prescriber needs to be aware that they are using an unlicensed medicine every time they prescribe something, though strangely not the patient, though telling them might also be the right thing to do and might be written into your local unlicensed medicines policy. The second is that legislation first came out when the options were either licensed medicines or something knocked up in the back of your local pharmacy in a bucket. There was a marked difference in the assurance provided. But now we can easily import medicines from abroad, made to the same standards as we have in the UK, with the same huge volume of paperwork, and in most cases, made by the same company in the same factory. But because they aren't licensed in the UK, we have to treat them the same as the products concocted by the Dodgy Meds Company Limited. And the third is that legislation was written both a while ago and with pharmacists involved, and they put great importance on keeping records of batch numbers for every patient you dispense to. No one knows why. So what does this all mean for real life? It's actually really simple. The licensing process gives us assurance of the effectiveness, safety and quality of a product. If using a product that isn't licensed in the UK, you have less assurance of these things from the manufacturer. You therefore need to make sure you're only using an unlicensed medicine when you have to, replace the assurance you're missing with something else, make sure the prescriber knows and potentially the patient, depending on your local guidance, and also, for some random reason, record the batch number. And if you're asked to explain what it means that someone's prescribed an unlicensed medicine, it's that because it's unlicensed, we can't just use the license the manufacturer got to guarantee the effectiveness, safety and quality of the product. So we've put in other measures instead. We'll have taken the product through our local drug and therapeutics group to assess its risk-benefit profile, and through pharmacy quality control to assess its quality. We don't supply low-quality medicines through pharmacy, or at least we shouldn't, and many unlicensed medicines are just as high quality as licensed medicines, it's just we have to check them out for ourselves, rather than trusting the manufacturer. And that's it. Hopefully it's been vaguely useful, or at least given you something to think about, and given you some background information on what it means when we're using an unlicensed medicine, and the extra responsibilities that it puts on you, and on the prescriber as well. Thank you, and see you next time.